pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. The 18-yard box is wall-free. This is my Three Subs Podcast. A soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. He says he's happy to be back home. Wait, I'm looking at the name and I'm looking at the... That's not his home. I think. uh, Home away from home? I I don't know, but he's... It's like a Spider-Man kind of thing, the far from home. (laughs) Like Mad Cow Disease, he's back. (laughs) And probably for about as long. We'll talk about that coming up. The fixture list in the Premier League is fast and furious. We've got an update, well, as best we can, moving at 85 miles an hour. And then winter break for a lot of the rest of Europe and the rest of the world. But no worries, we've got updates on MLS. We're going to take a sneak peek at the transfer window and a couple of players uh, on the training table. We'll talk injuries. Plus, we've got two-time MLS All-Star Ross Pauly joining us shortly. He's transitioned from All-Star player to college coach. An interesting interview that's coming up. Brody Scott and I are standing in the tunnel. We've got the shin guard strapped on, and we are ready to head to the Center Circle Studio. This is My Three Subs. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. If you own a company or if you're a decision maker within a company, I think you're going to want to know about Ease of Approval. Easeofapproval.com is the website. Ease of Approval is a communication tool that is web-based. It's designed to replace email where there's an approval process. It's very flexible. You can use it internally or you can use it business to business. Look, email is great, but it was not designed to handle sensitive workflow. With email, you're just one delete click away from losing vital information. Ease of Approval's dashboard is transparent, which means all the users are going to be focused on what's important, managing their workflow, not wasting valuable time trying to track down a valuable email. And Ease of Approval offers real-time oversight. You can see all the outstanding work that's required in the dashboard, and it's flexible. It's great for single companies or multi-divisional organizations. And Ease of Approval goes with you into those production meetings with real-time performance analytics, meaning you can show everybody who's delivering their goods and services on time and who is falling behind. Oh, and your finance and compliance people are going to love this too, because Ease of Approval provides a transparent audit trail and and also simple invoice reconciliation into Excel. Accountability has never been more affordable and simpler. Go to easeofapproval.com and find out what they can do to help you stay on top of your organization. Ease of approval. Accountability made simple. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. If you ask me, VAR may be a little foobar. Yeah. This past weekend... There were several decisions that really turned a game on a dime, Mm -hmm. and some of the top clubs benefited from that, and then some of the middle and lower tier teams, just another case of bad luck. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that the exact opposite of what they wanted VAR for? They didn't want it to interfere with the play and change the whole tide of a game, right? That, That was the whole basis for VAR. That seemed like the, like like that was the basis for VAR. Now they've mapped out the pitches and these measurements are supposed to be extremely precise. And I will say this, I think the goal line technology, goal no goal has been terrific. Right. Handball mm, not as good. Mm. Offside and mm. maybe it's not the VAR, maybe it's the way the rule is written for VAR, but we've seen some magnificent goals pulled back over an armpit. I'm seeing an added time come up, and it's how to improve the VAR. We'll we'll talk about it later, but uh, a lot of stuff in the EPL here. 
Yeah, yeah. Liverpool showing no signs of slowing down as Sadio Mane scores again. He leads the Reds past the Wolves 1-0. Liverpool are 13 points clear with a match in hand. But let me say this about Wolves, too. I continue... To believe that the Wolves are a top seven, top eight team. I thought they played great uh, they against fantastic. Liverpool. The second half, they gave uh, Virgil van Dijk in that back four everything, everything. that they could handle. Yep. Uh, they came out looking great. Um, they clearly did their homework on this Liverpool team because they knew exactly where and how they were going to strike a lot better than we've seen other teams perform against this Liverpool squad. They lost a goal to VAR, and I think Liverpool may have benefited from a little bit of VAR rule. But nonetheless, uh, Liverpool are 13 points clear with a match in hand. A little editorial note here. Can we stop... Can we stop with the TV pundits already anointing the championship into the hands of Liverpool? Listen, I know we've got about five months to go in the season. Yes, mathematically, the odds are in their favor. I get that. But can we at least have some team, I know Leicester City failed to do this, just some team beneath them in the table, even if it's a mid-table, come up and just punch Liverpool in the mouth just (laughs) once so that we can have a bit of a race and see how well, Liverpool reacts and to I it. And I think that to that point, we saw where the Wolves team, given preparation, now granted, Wolves are not, you know, uh, one of those teams that's going to be fighting for that top four. But you watch out. The same preparation come out of Chelsea, same preparation come out of your top four, take it to uh, Liverpool, you might have a different scenario on your hands. Sure. I, 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 I would just love to see a little bit of trial and tribulation for Liverpool to see. Yeah. But I don't think they've had their feet held to the fire yet. No, I and and it can't sustain this way. Or could it? We don't know. We'll see what the next five months hold. But I agree with you. I hate it when, you know, you're sitting there watching a match and all of a sudden, oh, here's your champions. Whoa, really? Just hand them the trophy then. They do the same thing in basketball or football or any other sport. Let me be very clear. I don't hate Liverpool. I don't hold anything no. against Liverpool right. because they are excellent They're at, great. W- at what they do. Yeah. The rest of the league, you need to man up and, and give them a run for their money these last few happen. months. It will happen. Well, and if, if they don't, I think the league becomes a bit boring. It becomes like PSG over in the French League. Who cares? Because right. PSG has already pretty much sewn up that league. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about league in in just a few moments. JD, uh, Jamie Varney, the uh, league leading goal scorer, was out of Leicester City's weekend match as his wife was giving birth. But the Foxes uh, had plenty of depth to take care of that. Ian Nacho and Gray tallied to ease past West Ham and send Hammers manager Manuel Pellegrini packing. Uh, Right now, West Ham just above the drop zone in 17th place. However, they are bringing back David Moyes to manage the club. And in the beginning of this this podcast, I mentioned uh, someone said that they were very happy to be coming home. That was David Moyes talking about West Ham. I've always associated David Moyes with being one of the best managers that Everton ever had. So for him, who spent six and a half months at West Ham in his last stint, really, and it, it was just a mission to keep them from falling out of the Premier League, which he did successfully. Sure. But then Pellegrini was available, so instead of keeping Moyes, they hired Pellegrini instead. That has been a bit of a dumpster fire. Right. Moyes comes back in what looks to be about an 18-month contract with incentives if he can keep them up and perhaps reach certain point totals. That that uh, contract could automatically get extended. You know what that smells like to me? 
it smells like a, a club that wants to sell in the next couple of years. Yeah, you could be right. I, I don't think that we were... Or what'd you have for lunch? Well, that was a little Pellegrini sandwich there because I don't think we were surprised at all when it came down to Pellegrini getting fired at West Ham. I think you're right with a little uh, return on investment padding there uh, when it comes to Moyes getting hired. And I don't know. Them getting sold off, I don't, I don't think it happens in the next five years. Really, I, I I could see. Here's how. I, here's the scenario I see where it could happen. David Gold, David Sullivan, Karen Brady, the unholy triumvirate of West Ham. Right. They, all right. They they basically picked up the club for a song because they were in financial distress. They leave Upton Park, which seats about thirty four, thirty five thousand. They now have London Stadium regularly filling up to sixty thousand. That's why I, that this is where I which don't think which, they sell. which I think doubles the value of the club. Okay. The club teeters somewhere typically on in their best years around twelve to staying just above the drop zone. It could be I I think in the next two years could be a prime time for them to just say you know what we've kind of maxed out here. We're Cut going, our losses and go. But who do they or, sell or to? maximize our gains? And oh, get out okay. of here. Yeah. Um, there are some minority investors. In fact, there's one American guy, I think, that has like 5 or 10% of the club. Right. They, they could sell to another American investor who mm. could uh, take over at West Ham. But again, this is all speculation. Yeah, that, that could be very interesting come down the pipe. And um, I, I just, I don't see West Ham not having the team. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's hard to kind of conjure up in my head, West Ham not having a team at this point. Yeah, you know, it, because t- they do pack out that stadium. If they drop to the championship in that sixty thousand seat stadium, that would be an awful thing. So, right. I, again, I think they're going to run that risk until they're able to grow their club. And at- that incentive, we don't know if that's points, if that is standings, or or what that incentive base is. I would guess it's got to be at bare minimum seventeenth place or better. Uh, you Th- that's think. for sure. You would think. Yeah. All right. So that's West Ham. Let's go back. Let's circle back to the Wolves for just a moment because we talked about the heck of a match they played against Liverpool. Well, Man City hit a snag earlier last week when Ederson, the goalkeeper, saw red in the twelfth minute. Manchester City took the lead against Wolves, but then the Wolves regrouped and beat Manchester City three to two. Yeah, uh, the fast red card there at the at the beginning. I, I got a text from you. you Watching this game, <laughs> and it was the correct call. Oh, it was sure. contact, and and it, it, and he had to go. And you know, my thought was, well, why didn't they bring in you know Kyle Walker to be the the goalkeeper, the the defender, because he played the Champions League for twelve and did, minutes and gave up zero goals, right? Yeah. And he did fine. Yeah, so he's but, got a clean sheet to him. Yeah, exactly. So uh, so that that really uh, put a dent in the Blues championship of uh, or, or championship chances uh, there in Man City. Speaking of another team uh, of blue, Chelsea mm-hmm. laid an egg last week against Southampton, but then uh, took advantage of a burned Leno goalkeeping error. Uh, and I thought Arsenal was going to win this match until about, I don't know, from the 70th minute on, things seemed to go belly up for uh, Mikel Arteta's guys. Yeah, it was unfortunate to see Arsenal figure out that there are two halves to play. Uh, in the 13th minute, getting a goal uh, for Arsenal, and a very pretty goal at that. I-, I will say, like, in the first half of that match, Arsenal looked really strong, put together, looking like... Hey, you know what? We got our heads on straight. We we got a manager who's actually, you know, giving a very passionate uh, speeches and stuff like that before a match. Um, and then to come out in the second half and look like, oh, we got to do this again? Yeah, get out there, go! You know, and here it is. Not a good look at the Emirates to see the filing out uh, of, of 
you know, your entire fan base, essentially, uh, with 10, 15 minutes to go. That's not a good look at the Emirates. So Arsenal fall at the weekend 2-1 to one to Chelsea. Generally speaking, I don't think two quick goals. By the way, Tim. Yeah, very quick goals. I don't think it, I don't think you can hold a judgment on Arteta just yet. It's too soon. He's been in it for less no, than, than two weeks. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure how much he has to work with at this point. That's what. Uh, yeah. Again, I'll go back to burn it all down. You know, Phoenix Rising kind of thing. And I don't know if Mboye uh, Mbamie is. The, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. Granny, great guy. Okay, don't get me wrong. Love the play. I love the creativity. However, he's got to have help. We saw it in the match. He had help. Guess what? They scored in the 13th minute, mind you. Uh, you, did, you. You lost all that in the second half. You lost anything that's moving forward. Burn it all down. Start over. We'll keep an eye on Arteta and Arsenal in the weeks ahead because with the new year, perhaps some New Year's resolutions, maybe Ozil is going to be better in 2020. <laughs> I say some crazy things sometimes. The holidays were kind to Manchester United and Everton, though. In fact, both of them happened to face Burnley and Newcastle, just in reverse order. And they won both matches, giving Solskjaer and new Everton manager Carlo Ancelotti a big boost. I would say so. They looked very favorable in those two matches, both clubs, uh, respectively. And uh, a lot of happy Man U fans right now. Yeah, absolutely. As we take a look heading into the new year, of course, there are going to be more matches. These numbers are going to be rapidly changing. Liverpool is at 55 points. They have a match in hand over everybody else. They had to reschedule because of the Club World Cup, and that match in hand is against West Ham. So they're at 55, but let's just go ahead and put them at 58. Right, why not? And and by the way, uh, I like the little patch, the FIFA patch that they were able to wear the one match. Oh, it's it was, nice. It was cute. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> little gold patch. All right, they're at 55. Leicester City is at 42. Manchester City at 41. Chelsea in fourth place at 35. And Manchester United just kind of sort of lurking back there. Not happy. Just almost within arm's reach of a Champions League spot. Yep. Not happy uh, just with yet. With Chelsea. At, yeah. <laughs> Not happy with Chelsea after that one. And they're sitting at 31. Spurs just behind them there. The bottom three as of, uh, as of this recording, Aston Villa, Watford, and Norwich. Norwich. And there is your uh, Premier League roundup. We're going to actually move pretty quickly through Europe here because virtually everybody else is Winter on. Winter break! Yeah, how <laughs> nice is this? They're out for the semester. Yeah. Uh, Inter and Juventus are tied at the top of Serie A. Uh, Inter, however, has an eight-goal difference edge, so they're technically in first place. Right. Uh, Juventus in second. Lazio uh, in third with 36. Roma, 35. And Atalanta, fifth at 31. In La Liga. Winter break! Thank you very much. Uh, Barcelona, <laughs> two-point edge over Real Madrid right now, 39-37. to 37. Sevilla in third at 34. Uh, Atletico Madrid, 32. And Real Sociedad in fifth with 31. We turn to the Bundesliga. Winter break! And with that, Red Bull's Leipzig uh, at uh, 37. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Zipper Gladbach. At 35. Bayern Munich at 33. Dortmund and Schalke at uh, 30 points. And that rounds out the uh, Bundesliga over in the Dutch top division. Winter break. Ajax, look at them. The bells are ringing for Ajax right now as they're at 44 <laughs> points. AZ Alkmaar, or AZ Alkmaar, depending on how cultured you are. Uh, they hold three-pointed edge over uh uh, Alkmaar, Ajax at 44, Alkmaar at 41, PSV at 34. Willem second is fourth. Yeah, at least they kept the the even thing going on. I'm, ke- I'm getting the hang of this. At least they're consistent by yeah. being fourth at 33. Feyenoord at uh, 31. Uh, over in France. Winter it's- break! 
Yep, PSG hanging in there with a seven-point edge over Marseille, 45 to 38. Ren at 33, Lille at 31, and Nantes at uh, 29. And that uh, wraps up your European side. Now, late, late Sunday night was the second leg. Well, that the, got late, didn't it? It was, man. Oof. The 2019 Liga Imekis uh, Apertura Finals as uh, Monterey had a shock lead heading into the second leg. Yeah. Club America uh, wins technically the second leg, so they had to go into extra time. Right. And then they had to go to penalties, and look at there. Monterey, Monterey wins on penalties, and they are your uh, 2019 Apertura uh, champions for Liga M. Equis. So they're going to take a brief break, and then they'll be back for the spring. I, I, is that the, called the Clausura, I well, think? Uh, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> something like that. Hey. Anyway, but speaking of Monterey, yeah. uh, we had a little Inter-Miami news when it comes to the MLS uh, as Inter-Miami has named officially former Monterey head coach Diego Alonso as their first ever head coach. Uh, this is, I think, a big step with when it comes to Inter-Miami not having a, a, a home, if you will, as of right now, but naming huge names in in their club. Yes, and, and, and to talk about his pedigree, and I think this is going to go over well. One, he's a winner. Secondly, I think the Hispanic market in Miami is going to love this hire Absolutely. because Alonso has managed Monterey. He's also managed to uh, manage Pachuca and has taken both of them to CONCACAF Champions League title so he is a winner i think he's only 45 so still a pretty oh, young he's got manager a lot of miles on those tires. a lot of miles on those tires and of course inter miami opens play this year in major league soccer also chicago fire have named their new head coach former basil manager rafael wiki will take charge of the club thank you very much a little scratch action there <laughs> he's guided basil to the champions league knockout stages before and has 75 caps with the Swiss national team in his own right. So Chicago looking to make changes as they go to play in Soldier Field now. They're moving from Bridgeview into Chicago proper in 2020. You know, maybe that's a better logo for Chicago Fire Wicket, the the Ewok. Oh, from Star Wars. From Star Wars, yeah. Because it's cold there, and you need to have you need to be hairy, yeah, and, hairy. yeah furry, and everything for sure. So there's there's a look at MLS as, as we've really really given a lot of respect there at the end. Uh, uh, let's talk about the transfer window, and really, I guess we better be brief on this, Brody, because it's going to get so crazy over the next week with with the transfer window, of course, opening up, and, and you know everything now is just kind of a, a preview of what we will be yeah. seeing. Uh, you, you're going to need the roadmap and uh, hopefully a lot of travel miles getting on the cards. And maybe a cash register sounder Yeah, for all the money that's going to be. a lot of money changing hands. The Maybe the, the biggest one thus far, and Manchester United and Juventus have had their eyes on 19-year-old Erling Holland of Red Bull Salzburg, who's managed, by the way, by uh, Jesse Marsh, right? the, the American coach. Um but Dortmund has beat them to the punch, and wow. he and I think that's going to be great for him because oh, yeah. he's going to get lots of minutes. If you go to Juventus or Man United, you're part of a star-studded squad. You're kind of honestly when you go to Man U, you're automatically kind of in the fold. You're part of the collective, right? Almost, you, yeah. you you don't have the name. You, you you're kind of your stock kind of plummets a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Well, if you look up Holland's numbers, you're going to be impressed. If you haven't heard of him, he's 19. Mm-hmm. He's got 28 goals in 22 games this mm-hmm. season, including eight in the six Champions League um, uh, group stage matches. Right. That's for 19. He's got the world at his feet, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he is heading to Dortmund, which is where Christian Pulisic is, yep. where Jaden Sancho is for 
now. Right, for now. And uh, again, get the cash register, get get ready for the hand uh, money to change hands there. He's going to be fun to watch. And, the, and then just one other quick note. Zlatan has found a place. He's going, he's going to AC Milan on a free transfer. Uh, enjoy the drama. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's right where the drama queens fit. Well, he is there, and uh, <laughs> he starts, I guess, any time now. Five. He should be there. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Uh, a name that we haven't heard in a few months. Wayne Rooney should be back on the pitch by the time our next podcast episode rolls around because oh. uh, he's been waiting uh, for the transfer window to officially begin as a player coach for Darby County oh, cool. in the championship. And they play, I believe, on January the 2nd. And he could very well make you know a 15 to 30 minute appearance in that one. But he will be a player coach. Assistant coach in that role with Darby County. Cool man, talk about blast from the past. I miss Wayne Rooney. Well, he's back. Good old Wayne Rooney. Wayne, it's gonna be Wayne's world in Darby County. <laughs> don't be confused with Wayne Brady. No, I don't I'll, think he can sing. Although Wayne Brady can do a lot of things in entertainment, Wayne Rooney can do a lot of things in different positions on the pitch. That's true. Very, very chameleon esque. Very, Both of them, very much so. Let's talk a few injuries uh, yeah. real quickly. Christian Pulisic was off the roster uh, in this past weekend's match. He didn't make the 18. They said that he was ill. There's some questions on whether or not that's actually valid. Who How knows? sick were you? <laughs> Can't make it in, guys. Who knows what's going on there? But keep an eye on the starting 11 and the bench over the next couple of matches for Chelsea. See if he pops back up. If not, you know, then it's you know what's up with that, right? Uh, also, Manchester City's Gabriel Jesus uh, was sick at the weekend. He's listed as day to day. Remember, he scored in the match before Christmas. Of course, a guy you know whose last name is J E S U S. Of course, he should score right around Christmas time, right? I mean, come on, yeah. Uh, but he should be back any day now. Uh, expected back in late January is Manchester United Scott McTominay. He has a confirmed knee injury, and they said that there was some minor ligament damage, but expect him to be out three to four weeks. Not bad. Yeah, so there's your injuries. You're up to date. Coming up, two-time Major League Soccer All-Star and the head coach of Creighton University's women's soccer team, Ross Polly, is next on My Three Subs. And that takes us to the half. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Well, look who's in the podcast studio today. It's the president of Financial Wealth Services and huge Memphis soccer fan, Hal Downing. Hal, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Listen, let's talk about Financial Wealth Services. What do you guys do? We are a source of capital, uh, almost a matchmaker, if you will, between uh, small, medium, large companies and uh, a source of capital for direct investments for high net worth individuals. I know for a fact that you've got a ton of experience in real estate and other aspects of the financial industry, decades of experience, and people can trust you with that. How, how can they pick up the phone and call you? Uh, numbers 901-498-2190. I know that you're a gigantic soccer fan, and probably the only thing you love more than soccer is helping people out. Yes. Uh, 10% of all gross proceeds in my firm go to the Catholic Diocese here in Memphis, and we're also involved in other charities as well. All right. What's that phone number again, and, and, and do you have an email address? 901-498-2190. Email haldowning7 at gmail.com. That's Hal Downing, president of Financial Wealth Services, 901-498-2190. Hal, thanks for coming in, and thanks for being a supporter of this podcast. Really do appreciate you. Thank you.